what it is, everybody. Welcome to episode 139 of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. My name's David Pether. You can call me Fish. With me, as always, my favorite sack of shit. Connor McDonough. Hey, it's me. I'm here. It is. And I'm here to here talk about some movies. I'm here to have fun. I'm here to have a good time. I don't know what else you want me to say, but I'm here for you fish and i'm here for you audience it's good to know i'm just rambling it is good to know you are rambling a bit we're here to talk about alien covenant Woo! it's been a long ass road we've been doing an alien retrospective for probably the this year i believe we started the first one (laughs) early this year after we finished a massive resident evil one our our entire lives we've been doing this yeah, we've been jumping all over. We've done Prometheus, we've done the AVP movies, we've done all the Alien movies, and now we're talking about the brand spanking new one from Ridley Scott, our favourite director. Alien Covenant. It's true. I really love Ridley Scott because I don't really think he's overrated at all and that he just makes really subpar movies and because he made two good ones a while ago, everyone like <laughs> fawns over him. I don't think that one bit. I was so, having a conversation I'm really about excited. this. I was having a conversation about this after, you know, we've talked a lot about Ridley Scott. And yeah. I remember when we talked about Alien, you were like, is this guy a George Lucas? Did he just make one or two good movies and everybody else around him, you know, made them good? But he's always been yeah. like known to me as quite a solid director. But when I've gone back and thought about all of his movies, I really love Alien. Like, you can go listen to that podcast. I I think Alien is a fucking masterpiece. Blade Runner, like, you know, it's cool. (laughs) But I Mm. don't know if there are any other movies besides those two. Like, there's Gladiator, and I didn't mind Exodus. But Gladiator is good. But Gladiator is just good. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, this is the thing. All of the movies are just fine. Like, they're just fine. It's like fucking white bread. You're like, yeah, okay, I'll enjoy that. Martian, fine. It's whatever. Like, Martian isn't terrible, but it's fine, at least. Oh, I didn't Wait, like did the Martian. Wait, did you really like the Martian? <laughs> no. You didn't like it No, at all. we both hated it. That's right. But, it, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I'm, I'm just trying to level with the audience here. Like, my gripe with him, because I fucking, I would gladly talk shit about him. My gripe with him is that he's renowned as being this fantastic director and everyone likes to talk about his techniques as to how he directs because he's pretty strange with what he does compared to the general the general sort of um what's the just word just a general consensus does, of directors yep he takes he does he likes to do four takes per per shot so most of the time you you keep going to get it four takes is a very small amount like one to four takes per shot is what he gets and he argues that that's all he needs mm. well is that all you need because by the fourth take, you've just fucking given up, dude. Like, what happens... What, I, that's not... Like, this is the shit that bothers me because they talk about him like he's this very, very good director whose techniques should be looked at and analysed. And it's like, really? All of his movies are pretty fucking basic. And, like, I don't really think any of the performances in his movies are necessarily, like, things that stand out to me as phenomenal like, it, it, it seems more like he's fucking lazy. Like, it just seems like he's bored. He just wants to get out of there. He's got shit to do. Because he seems like a pretty normal dude. Hmm. Fuck you, Ridley Scott. Anyway, let's review a Ridley Scott. <laughs> well, I see, look, I don't... I think it's quite um, impressive that this guy can get all he needs in only a couple of takes. Because I honestly think if, you know, once you start going into the, the double-figure takes, you start to just get monotonous and you're not getting the magic that you would initially get. So I understand that. Like I, in a lot of my films, I usually use the first or second take, even if I've gone on to do a bunch of things, unless Mm. there was a particular, you know, there's always a reason to do more takes, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's always more natural with those original takes. And what I've read is that Ridley Scott always gets actors that are good enough that they don't need more takes. And I've generally liked most of the performances from things like I didn't particularly like The Martian, um, even though he got nominated for an Oscar. But it's Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt yeah. Damon. But other than that, I you know, like as we'll go on, I, I like most of the performances in this one. I I didn't mind the perform the performances in Prometheus either, but that didn't make a good movie. And this is a, a thing that I think nope. Ridley Scott is mostly renowned for, at least in his Twilight years, is that he is all about, you know, the themes and 
the deeper meaning behind his movies now. He's getting very philosophical with his films, and that is to me why Prometheus didn't work. It it was it was cool. It was bringing yep. up a lot of a lot of themes and a lot Holy... of questions and stuff. But I just didn't care. I just wanted to see a good movie. You know? Holy fuck! I'm so keen to talk about that specific element of this film. I was just gonna say that's something about, we're definitely like, of gonna... this about Alien Covenant. Well, this is yeah, Ridley Scott coming back after Prometheus. Like it has Alien in the title. Let's see if it actually is about aliens this time. Okay, so uh, there's a ship, a colonist ship, Orig- uh, not Oragai, a ship full of people. They're flying to it's called the Covenant. a planet called Oragai. Yeah, called the Covenant. It's in the title, fuck my face. Um, <laughs> and they're flying to Oragai to populate it and start a new world. Now, some shit goes down at the start and the ship gets a little shaky and a bunch of people die, including the captain. So now the new captain's a little concerned because he's kind of worried about going back in a hypersleep. But they suddenly find a planet with a human transmission um, and it's a lot closer, three weeks, and they don't have to go back in the hypersleep. And they're like, yo, we know that's where we should go. Well, at least all of them except for the protagonist, Daniels. God forbid she makes a wrong choice. Anyway, they fly down to this planet (laughs) And they start checking it out and everything seems tippy top. But then uh, a couple of people get infected with some spores and it's some black alien sludge. We all know it's black alien sludge. Shit goes wrong. Fucking aliens start bursting out of people. People start dying. Everything's gone wrong. Turns out that the planet they're on is the engineer's home planet. The one that in Prometheus they were trying to find, Elizabeth Shaw and David. And it turns out David's still alive and Elizabeth Shaw is not. And he's been living on the planet trying to figure out what to do. But then it also turns out that what David's actually doing is he's trying to craft aliens and become a god because the aliens that came out of people weren't like fully aliens. They were like... Like, uh, like, like Neomorphs, I think they're called, or Neonmorphs. So, like, they look a little different. Yeah. They just look different. Anyway, these aliens, he's trying to make the aliens we know, um, and he does, and basically starts unleashing them on the crew. And then their crew are like, well, let's get the fuck out of here. So, a couple of them get away. Daniels is Brie Larson. They get back on the ship, um, and there's another android called Walter. And basically, Walter survives as well, and he comes back on the ship, but the alien. Um, gets on, another alien gets on board through a chest, chest bursts out, alien comes, starts killing everyone, they get rid of the alien, and they're like, right, now it's time to go back to Oragai so we can so we can start a new world. And as the oh, and also all the Connellists, there's like two thousand people on board, but they're little embryos, like little fetuses. So like as they get on board, they go to go into hypersleep. Brie Larson's character realizes that David is actually so that Walter is actually David and he's brought the virus with him and he's going to infect all the colonists and create like an alien colony basically it's all fucked up real what fucked a up twist in there. what a twist um oh and it also turns out that elizabeth shaw was killed by david and experimented on by david but yeah that's the end that is the end now let me let me just fucking say something real quick let me just fucking say something <laughs> i want to oh god fucking say this is a fucking psa this isn't an alien film it's prometheus fucking two okay so keep that in mind Can I... for anyone going to see this film. <laughs> That's yeah. motherfucker. It's so funny he fucking lied to us. It's so funny, be- you know, because I've you know, on, throughout this retrospective, I've gone through an epiphany of realizing that Ridley Scott was actually directing this. I thought this was the Neil Blomkamp movie <laughs> that I was promised so long ago. <laughs> Spoken about this like seven times. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, I feel so hurt after I found it um, because I was worried about getting a Prometheus two because as you're probably figuring out dear listeners if you haven't listened to our prometheus review we both didn't like that piece of shit no i was so worried when the opening scene of this film has friggin' guy pierce playing wayland talking to david and it's just before yeah. the events of prometheus i was like no <laughs> in this fucking oh. boring ass white sterile room with a friggin' piano talking about art where is my xenomorph and this is the thing and like i know we should probably normally we go through it like by the plot but i want to say this like this film's intro is really pretty cool after that point but what happens is we get to the planet where we they meet david and it straight up turns into Prometheus 2, like for an hour. Right. It just becomes Prometheus 2. Well, let's let's talk in the way of the plot now, because I do want to give it props. I don't, 
I don't want people thinking that I'm 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 angry here. I'm angry because I'm I'm gonna rip into that scene in a second. <laughs> okay, the first thing I want to say after after we get through that Prometheus prelude, if you will, uh, yeah, we get yeah. onto the the Covenant and we meet the crew, and for once I actually care about the crew. I really like this crew. They're a good bunch. They're a good bunch. They're a I really enjoyed all of them too. I think they're really cool. It, I like that they're all couples. That makes a massive difference. And I haven't ever really thought about that. But, you know, on all the other, uh, you know, I guess, iterations of crews and things that we've seen, people have kind of been out for themselves. Yeah, they're all part of a crew, but it's it's a much different dynamic to having, you know, like a spouse, <laughs> you know, that you really care about. And so when people start dying... Yeah, definitely. It's huge. And I think it adds more to the plot, like where it's not just like a, su- like a sub thing, like it definitely changes the way characters react to these situations. Like it seems more personal. Like you've got Danny McBride's character when he finds out his wife's in trouble, you know, on the planet and he's in his ship. He tries to, like, he risks life and limb to go save her. He risks the whole mission, yeah, very, that's right. Yeah, and it feels very justified, I think, because we know that if that was another character, they would stay up in the ship and just wait. So it was cool seeing them actually sort of act on on that instinctive part, like, on love. Yeah, you know? that's right. Um, and we, we immediately see this crew put in danger. Like, they awaken from hypersleep in this in this incredible scene where, you know, we've got Daniel's smashing her face on her, like, cryo tube or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, James Franco is in this movie. What the hell? Yeah, what the fuck? As, like, a side character. He's not even in, like... Yeah, he's literally, like, a dead body <laughs> from the start. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's... I think that's kind of cool, though. Like, I love that that's what this guy is. He's easily the most recognizable person on the, the film alongside Danny McBride. So and for him, him to just be yeah. a nothing character, if, to me, means that he just wanted to be a part of this film. So I don't know the whole story there, but fucking good on you, James Franco. I feel, though, if he was a part of this movie, if he was the captain, I don't know if it would work as well. I don't feel like, you know, Franco's a good actor, but I don't know if this is his kind of movie. I think I don't I don't think it would have worked as well at all. I don't think he has enough grit to him yeah, in comparison to what we got. They tried it with um uh Dawn uh was it Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? One of the Planet of the Apes things, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, um, and he's in and it. And he yeah. was like, you know, the the scientist and that and he was okay, but like I find it really hard to take him seriously because I think of him in Pineapple Express and the interview and things like that. Yeah. So you know what I mean? But saying that, I do with Danny McBride as well, but I think Danny McBride really brought the chops in this one. I don't think of him as Kenny Powers. I think of him as he was, Tennessee. He was excellent. Yeah, good on him too for, for nailing a role that was gritty and serious and he did it well. Mm. And he was a good, it was a good character. Um, I think most of the crew, yeah, are really good. And I think they do a really good job of setting them up. And I think the intro really right up until shit starts going... Ham is is really really exciting and, and interesting to watch because they're they're quite um, captivating characters. Well, like immediately you feel the sorrow for Daniels, like she's lost her, her husband, and there's like this this camaraderie yeah. in the in the crew that are you know going up against the you know the now the new captain, even though he's you know he's just trying to do the right thing, and you feel for him as well. Like it was a really good dynamic going on, and it really makes me care about them when we get down on the planet. And like you said, shit starts getting real. Even though the two people who, who get impregnated are pretty much nobodies. <laughs> they just... But, I, I mean, like, it doesn't really matter because so many people die Well, so I was quick. just going to say that, like, you know, Tennessee's wife dies. Um, the captain's wife dies. It's, yeah, people that I thought would last a while are, are being killed off. When they get back to the med bay and he starts seizing up, that scene is fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, that is some truly horrifying shit that is exactly what i expected from an alien film like that whole sequence is just oh my god it's just so fantastic the whole thing is so brilliant up until the ship exploding like just on the edge of your seat exactly and this is how i imagine people felt when they saw the first alien you know when shit starts going down in that like the chest burst are coming out and all that sort of thing i felt like that's how they must have felt. My heart was beating out of my chest. I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, "Holy crap!" There's like quick cuts between the two. You know, the the people coming back from the 
you know, the little expedition and Tennessee's wife's calling it. I need you. I need you. This fucking guy's like just uh, things busted out of his fucking spine and there's blood everywhere. People are slipping over on the blood. This weird looking alien thing. I'm still not really sure what it is. And it's just attacking people. And it, it, panic mm. is the best word for it. It's just a mad panic and they don't know what hit them. And I don't know what hit me because it was incredible and it was so well directed and so well acted and like so well choreographed everything about it just came together for like what is the scene i think i'll remember for a long time mm. like i was so genuinely impressed with what i saw and and like i would i would gladly like sit through that again and and really um and 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 just fuck like i can't even i was blown away and i think the, <laughs> the best so thing about good. this is i feel like this is a that, well that particular scene or sequence I would say is just one big anti-smoking ad. <laughs> the people who yeah. got impregnated are the people who were on the on the cigarettes and on a fucking cigar. Which why would you do when walking into a new fucking planet, coming for loot it with your yeah. fucking cigarettes and shit? It's only you know a hundred years in the future, and, you know nicotine cancer is still a very real problem, people. Don't smoke. Such a, yeah, such a strange thing. And I mean, like, but I mean, it still seemed very feasible. And I think because what happened, what really Scott did really well was he brought back the magic of what made aliens so horrifying and so tense, which is this unknown, horrible thing happening to you, such like a painful experience. But he brought it back in a way that felt new and fresh. Um, yeah. but still believable and still accepting in the alien world. And I love that. And it, keeps going like even after the ship blows up the aliens come back in the field mm. and they're cutting people up and cutting throats and it's so exciting and tense and i could have watched that for two hours i could have sat down and watched that happen for two hours that's like that sort of stuff yeah they get and back i, on I the agree ship. like i actually said because i went and saw this with our buddy reese as i see most of my movies these days and yeah. i remember turning to him and being like i have so much hope in my heart right now and I said, this scares me because this is how I felt when I saw Prometheus. <laughs> like the initial scene of them walking into the, like they see the yeah. ship and they're looking in the ship and they find the things of Elizabeth Shore and they, you know, then all the shit starts happening. I, I was like, this is, this is good. I'm liking this. This is great. This is great. Please be, th this just needs to be the movie. Like, obviously we need to slow down eventually, yeah. but I don't know if we needed to slow down this much. Nope. I didn't think we needed to slow down, but let's fucking talk about how they slow down. So David saves them. He shoots a flare up and they go back to, he like guides them back to where he's living, which is in the town of where all the engineers live, but they're all frozen in black. And we find out like when we're there that they're all frozen in black because what happened was David came back and killed them all with the alien virus. And from this point, for about an hour, it's straight up, turns into fucking Prometheus 2, doesn't it? It becomes Prometheus. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, well, this movie, look, I don't mind the theme of this movie. I don't mind that they're really pushing the creation theme. They were trying to push in Prometheus, but there was no relevance. There was no, there didn't seem to be any sort of path that Ridley Scott was following along well, here. Well, there was no answer. At least. There was no answer. No, there's no answer. At least now we start to find out that David is who created the Xenomorph. I don't mind that. I think it's okay. I do. I give a big fuck about that. There's a there's like major plot holes in that. Come on. He made the eggs, but we see in aliens that the queen is the only one that makes the eggs. Mm, yeah, true. So true. <laughs> yeah, so what? like what? He's just fucking negated <laughs> oh, the greatest blockbuster. To so David creates the eggs, right? And I'm like, right. So what he's doing is he's creating He's creating something to kill his creators and in turn, like, becomes human creators because they're born through humans. Like, it's very circle of life. So, but then, can we like, just, can we, can we I, need, I need to figure out what all these aliens are. So, did he create the Neomorphs, the first ones that come out? Or are they no. a part, they're the original, like, defense mechanism so, that the creators made? They're, they're I think a form of the virus because it's all a form of the same virus that makes people into these killers like these weird creatures mm. and they're a form of the virus that come through the spores so i think 
the version he created is the Xenomorph, the so one he, that we know. Yeah, right. So he's alternated on something that's already been made. He stood on the stood on the shoulders of geniuses and made the Xenomorph. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's cool. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But did he make that... You know the one that comes in and kills that chick who's washing her face and chops her head off? It's, is that one of his experiments, no. do you think? No, that was, that was one of the ones, the OG ones. Right. Now, that's, yeah. I'm going to give this movie a gimme. I'm not going to give it many, but I'm going to give it this one because you brought up a great point with the queen. But I'm going to go on to say that David creates the queen as he goes along. I can take that. I can go with that. It hasn't been explained, but like this is the original alien and this okay. is the original way of birthing. He made the eggs. And okay. if he can go on to make something that can make the eggs for him, that's economical. Yep. I understand yep. that. That's okay. I'm good with that. I get that. Now, the thing I don't understand was this. This is another plot point, right? So in the first alien film, when they inspect the, the crashed ship, it's an engineer ship, right? And they get on the engineer ship and they find an engineer with his chest burst. And then they find the eggs on the engineer's ship. So all the how, is it that David, David cre- how is it that David created the eggs if in the first alien, the engineers are carrying them, which we're told in the first Prometheus, they're carrying, them, they're carrying this virus to kill people. So why would an engineer carry the eggs that David created if David killed all the fucking engineers? Doesn't hmm. make any sense. Riddle me that, Ridley Scott. Well, I, I guess you could. I guess you could go ahead and say that there are engineers out in the galaxy somewhere. I don't think he's killed the entire race. So, I know. I know there is at least another two movies thought. Like Ridley Scott wants to make another two movies to connect to the next to the first Hopefully alien. Hopefully, no one lets him. So maybe somewhere in there, another. I'm I'm assuming these fucking engineers aren't going anywhere, even though none of us care about them. But <laughs> they're. I, I reckon. But come on, like that's. That's fucking dumb, though. Like, while it may be feasible, it's still pretty fucking dumb. Mm. Like, I really am not happy that David was the creator of the Alien Eggs. Like, I don't like that at all. I think it's really silly. I think what it does for me is it takes away from what are meant to be these ultimate killing machines that are just there to destroy because he can, they continue to try and humanize the alien as the film goes on. Like when one's born that fucking scene, man, like I didn't mind the scene where he's communicating with the Neomorph, like where he's trying to tame it because that seemed, it was very tense and you don't really know what's going to go on and you don't really know how it's going to happen and you can kind of get behind it. But I, that fucking scene where one of those aliens bursts out of that chest and David performs an aerobics class with it. Holy shit. I was like, no, no, no. Which scene? Why? What's that one? So when the alien bursts out of the chest, the first xenomorph that actually comes about, he bursts out of that um, of Dale's chest and he gets up and David looks at him and David raises his arms. Oh, yeah, that's and right. The xenomorph, <laughs> like, that's Why isn't it a snake? Why isn't it like the chest burster thing? Again, yeah. I guess it's, a, it's a, a, a version of the evolution. I, I'm gimmying it. I'm, I'm gimmying. Fucking idiotic! Like that's so fucking dumb. All I thought to myself is, really, like you're going to humanize what's meant to be the most terrifying monster. sci-fi villain known to man. It's a like monster. it's a monster. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't care about anything. Yeah, why would yeah, it care about was. David? Now, like, okay. why? Okay. Why would that happen? I, I don't mind the idea of this android creating the alien life or creating it or turning into what we perceive as the xenomorphs. It, you know, it is a bit far-fetched and in some ways I I probably would have just preferred to not know. (laughs) I probably would have just preferred to have the mystery of this thing that was just grown on some faraway planet and now it's here and it's killing us. That's kind of scary. But this is okay to me because I, I go along with the creation theme that's going on here. In, in terms of, I like that he wants to outdo uh, Wayland. He wants to outdo Guy Pierce. He wants to be better. He wants to make a better organism. He's, he's, he's been created, and because they gave him too much freedom, he's going to go on and make something that will then destroy us. And there's something poetic in that, and I and I like the idea of it, and it yeah, makes sense to me. It's and very I, full circle. And I understand why he would make it such a perfect organism as Ash said in the first Alien. That's, I think, an android would do that. And they've created the perfect killer. That's pretty cool to me. Now, the problem, though, is 
<laughs> that that theme really takes over the movie. I can't get behind it at all, though. Like, I didn't vibe it. Like, I just quickly, like, I didn't vibe that. You like, vibe, I know yeah. what you mean, and you're right. There's poetry to it, but you're... And again, like, it's there for sure, but it takes up the entire movie, like you said, and I don't agree that a xenomorph should be created by an android. I, I, I just... After watching Prometheus 1, like, I thought we got enough understanding of where they came from, mm. and this just fucked me off. But Look, yeah, it's okay. Right. Like I said, I'm not loving it, but I'm going with it, and I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. I, like I said, it is poetic, and I think it's a great discussion to be had, and Ridley Scott's really pushing some points here, but he's getting so preoccupied with that bullshit that it's taking yeah. over the fucking movie. And this it movie is a is a horror film. It's a sci-fi horror flick. And they did it so well at the start and then st- <laughs> and they start to get bogged down in all the themes. And th- like that fucking android conversation between Walter and David just goes on way too long and it's just such a vibe killer. It's a drag. <laughs> the whole temple is a drag. Like everything in it, aside for except for when shit starts going on, is a drag. And like the film turns from being a horror film that follows a protagonist trying to survive to being a sci-fi film that follows David, and David becomes the new protagonist, doesn't he? Yeah. Like straight up, he's a character that Ridley Scott wants you to follow, but he's so or fucking even, annoying. Or even like, Walter, I would so say. I would, I would say Walter becomes the protagonist. I mean, regardless, like they're both just boring yeah. to watch. Well, that's it. They were watching robotic acting as opposed to human emotions reacting to terror, which is what works and, so yeah. well. <laughs> it's straight up, and this is the thing, it straight up becomes Prometheus 2. I said it before, but it turns into Prometheus 2. And I'm not just saying it hints at it. It doesn't sort of become it. It doesn't drag it down a little bit. The film turns from one film to another. It goes yeah. from being... It even has a flashback scene. Like, even has a flashback scene to David killing all the engineers. Like, that's a full scene, you see. Why the fuck is that a scene? Like, yeah. I for me... Now, don't get me wrong. Like, flashback scenes aren't necessarily terrible. But it's a film about an alien killing people. It's an alien film. But it, it flashbacks to David doing something. Which... I feel like in every screenwriter Bible and everything, it's like, don't flashback is number one. And two, why would you flashback with a character that isn't the protagonist? It just holds no value to me. Like it just adds backstory that I feel isn't necessarily. And I was telling Eamon this, my roommate, and I was telling another friend, we were talking about it. I would have loved if this film was an alien film and connected through Prometheus with the same sort of plot line, like the same stories there, but we're shown it through hints, like it's implied, like how they're on the ship and they see that Shaw, the dog tags are there and Shaw landed there in the hologram. Like it's hinted like that. Maybe they go to that place and they see things and they see all the anatomy and they see that David was there and David created all this stuff and maybe it's maybe he has a couple of lines before he's killed or something. Do you know what I mean? Like if it was just given to us so much like in such a smaller way or a smarter way rather than, hey, uh, let me th- shove this down your fucking throat. Gee, thanks, Ridley. I wasn't having fun before, but I'm sure not having fun now. So <laughs> No, it is. It's very on the nose and that is the problem. And I expect more from Ridley Scott here because I've seen him be very selective with what he gives us in information with the first Alien, you know, one of his very first movies, which was easily one of his most successful. So we don't need it. We don't need to know everything. Like, keep it keep it on the mystery side of things. That's interesting. But, you know, we do need some answers, but you can do it in a smart way, like you said. And mm-hmm. I, the problem is, like you said... <laughs> Yeah. The, the problem yeah. is, like you I'm just said... Laugh, I'm just laughing at your defeat. <laughs> at my defeat. Your sadness. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> because it is. Now, look, I love Daniels. I think she is a great... Yeah. Whoever this actress is, I think she was from Fantastic Beasts. I think she was in that. Isn't that Brie Larson? Isn't that her? No, it's oh, not no, Brie it's Larson. Not her. No, it's not her. It's not it's Brie not Larson. Her. No it's way. I, I really like this actress. I really like the character. I instantly connected with her through her sorrow. I feel her terror when she's on screen. I really, I just like watching her and I want to be with her. I feel like this is the the point of view that we should be watching from. And the movie just jumps between all these point of views. It goes from her, it goes to friggin' David. At one point, it goes to the fucking alien. 
Apparently, the aliens mm-hmm. can see. Wasn't this always a thing that they didn't have eyes? <laughs> like, God damn, I know they did an Alien 3. Regardless, like, like mystery is something you sh- it, sh- it should be left up to mystery. Like, it no should need. not be something that we're There was no need. Told. Like, it's all that, like, that particular scene, it's running through the hull of the ship, which, you know, if you, if you go back to the first Alien, the whole scary thing was we don't exactly know where it is, or we could see is, the point yeah. of view from our characters looking at, at, you know, video feeds of it running around. Like, why, why do we need to see the, the POV? But anyway, friggin' Daniels disappears for an hour, or whatever it is, like, the big chunk in the middle of the movie where Ridley Scott wants to spout his fucking scripture and bullshit we miss out on the people that we actually care about and we're stuck with these robotic characters which are fine as sign characters but when they become the main point of view I don't care and then once Daniels comes back into it I'm like oh thank god you know and the movie starts again but it like never returns never it never gets back to where it's meant to be is the problem like that temple scene literally drags it down because it goes back to that awesome alien feeling like where like you know they're they're, they're escaping and they're on the the cargo ship getting out of there and yeah he, they crush the alien with the fort the the the, the thing that's the cool crane, as fuck yeah. it reminded me straight straight up reminded me of aliens the second one and i really enjoyed that sequence i was like that's yeah. Yep, stressful and cool. And then they get back on the ship and things sort of slow down just a little bit, but they pick up for the finale. And my problem is, though, this is really when the Xenomorph comes into it. Like, finally, we get the Xenomorph. He's, he's here now. Like, this is what we're, we're asking for. But it's only for 10 minutes. And he comes back and he straight up butchers the fuck out of those two people having the shower, which yeah. I was disappointed with because I had seen that sequence in the, sh- in, in the trailer. So... Yeah. The one real sort of xenomorph thing I get, I've already seen, yeah. and that really pissed me off. And but it was a good, but it was a that, good scene though. Like I, I, I really so liked good. the tail coming up under it, and and it goes back to that idea that I was talking about with the whole the whole thing that is most terrifying about the aliens is basically that you get fucked by an alien, and yeah. and then it you know grows inside you, something grows inside you and busts it's- out of you. So this goes back to that sort of theme, the very sexual like basically a penis coming up into a naked woman and rape like that's scary shit yeah and i think it's really cool and, it, and i have to i have to um i have to commend also the gore because it's just so much fucking blood everywhere oh it's so good yeah it's so good and awesome to watch and perfect it's, and horrifying it, it's horrifying that's the word i don't think it gets to the levels that we got in that first half and even that that great scene that you're talking about nah. with the crane because that is so good like her swinging around and stuff is fucking fantastic once we get back onto the ship, it becomes more of just like a B-grade horror, you know, Friday the 13th style, which I'm still down with. And I'd much rather watch that than all the all the other bullshit that the creation... But I never... Stuff. Okay, but I never felt tense. This is the problem. Mm. Like, it's cool, but I never felt tense. I think that comes back one, to the way that it's done. Like, because we're seeing from the yeah. POV of the freaking alien, all I tension goes POV. out the window. And then, and then we've got David, who we all fucking knew was David. <laughs> Wasn't that just the most ridiculous twist? Because <laughs> you, you know, the last, the last that we see of Walter is him friggin' going to punch him, and it cuts, and it's such an obvious cut that it's, it's so clearly cut. David when he gets he, on. Like David reaches for the knife. We all know it's David who's taken Walter's place. We all fucking know. Anyway, although it did go on for so long that I did start to question myself. I, you know, even I, when he had like he chopped off his arm, I was like, oh no, Walter, no, that must be Walter because he doesn't have an arm. And I'm like, hold on, no, David will just cut his fucking arm off. That's that's it's so obvious. And then, yeah, I said to myself, I was like. I would be pleasantly surprised if it was Walter and what they're doing is they're trying to like do a double take on us where it's yeah. like they're trying to fake us out but it no, fucking was I taken. agree. I agree and that's what I said to um, Reese after the movie because we both like as soon as he was on the ship with them you know when he comes out to save the um, Daniels I was like that's fucking David and he's like yep and then as it goes along and I was and I started to think the same thing I'm thinking man if they if they did a, a really good misdirect here, I'm going to be impressed. And But they had to fuck it. They had to fuck it at the end. Oh, no, it's David. Oh, yeah. what a twist. But oh. I mean, like, look, the alien stuff at the end's cool. Like, we get to see the alien and Danny McBride and Daniels. It's really pretty. But I'm not tense because I've got David telling us where the alien is, which I don't know why they just didn't, like, find a way so that the, that mother is still turned off. And then I've got Danny McBride with Daniels, so I'm not tense because I've got two characters, and I'm not really fearing for Daniels because she's going to live, 
And I'm not really fearing for Danny McBride because I feel like if she's she's with da- he's with Daniels the entire time, they never separate. So I don't get any tension. I'm not feeling scared. And then the ending, there's no tension in it. Like when she's running from the alien, like I didn't feel afraid. It, you didn't because... feel like it was going to catch her. Like she's stumbling no. around and doing whatever. And it's like zipping about and like we, it should have know... caught her. We know where it is too. The whole time we know where the alien is. We're watching it follow her. We know exactly where it is. There's no... It's not going to jump out. It's not going to grab her. And I just felt like... It, like it was still cool, but it just... It was lackluster in comparison was, to what it could have been. It was underwhelming like, for, at the best. It it was underwhelming yeah. for sure. Like when, when, it, when it gets... You know, like it's cool that it gets impaled on the giant truck that sort of set up before, but... I really thought that they were going to bring in somehow the wood and stuff that she was talking about building a cabin with. Yeah. I thought maybe they'd chuck it in there and then burn the wood and kill it somehow, which would have been probably cooler. But it's just another alien that gets thrown out into space. That's the that's the way that we yeah, always kill them. It's not even that aspect that I was bothered by. It was more just like, I'm like, look at Alien. Like It literally is just shots of Ripley sprinting away, f- f- burning shit. And you yeah, don't even you start see the to alien. think. You start. You start to think. How do you kill this? There was. Yeah. There was never really a minute where I. I felt like they couldn't beat this thing. Like the. The plan was obvious. Like you said, it's all mapped out. The. You see the alien the whole time, which is really annoying because that's the whole thing about these things is that they're a master of disguise. Yeah. Like they hide in the freaking chains and they hide in like compartments and stuff. And this thing just runs around a bit, like. It's good to see the alien, but this alien just doesn't feel right. It's different. It's sort of more like, you know, animal-ish rather than human-ish. And I know it's, a, again, an evolution thing probably, but it just doesn't feel right. And I think, it's, I think it's because of those sort of things. Like, they're not, they're not giving it the MO that it normally has. It's just, it's just coming yeah. for them rather than using the stealth that I'm so used to. Yeah, it's it's not it's just not horrifying. It's it doesn't really feel like a horror. And again, like it's still cool, but it's not something I necessarily uh, can vouch for. And like this is the th- like it's just not it's not alien, you know? Like yeah, it feels it's not, like the, it's not alien. It feels like Prometheus. It feels like what Prometheus did, which is an action film. Like it's an action sci-fi, and that's what this feels like because it's the second film after Prometheus. And this is what I was talking about before. Ridley Scott, the motherfucker, clearly went, I want to make Prometheus 2. And everyone went, no, don't do that. People didn't like that. Like, like it, it didn't garner enough attention. And he would have gone, all right, I'll make Alien. Wink, wink. And then fucking make Prometheus. He just chucks it in the moment he thinks he can. And he gets away with it. Because all of the marketing for this film is an alien film. There is no Prometheus links in the marketing. I think there may, might be the ship in the marketing, but all the marketing is alien. Well, that's still like, alien. Like that's from the first alien. So it could yeah, be. You know. And it's all, it's all marketed just like an alien horror. All the scenes in this that are alien are in the trailer. And man, that disappoints me because I just yeah. want more. I want more of what made it so good. And I don't get it, but look, I'm done. I'm, I'm oh, except for the ending. How'd you feel about the ending? Oh, like the end ending with him yeah. putting the little face huggers into the mm. embryos and whatever. Oh, yeah, because I was already like, oh, what a twist! Uh, I was sort of like, yeah, yeah okay, righto. <laughs> that was I, I was the same. I yeah. I wish there was less. It was less obvious, and I also wish I kind of was frustrated because I was sick of seeing David. Like I didn't want him to be the the enemy, the aliens, the enemy. Like I didn't feel comfortable knowing that he's the one behind it. I wanted it to be. I want it to be the alien. I wanted it to be like, as she goes to sleep, she sees maybe Danny McBride with like a, like his chest is moving or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Or like, well, this, yeah, that's right. Just- well, look, let's, let's take this back to the first alien. Like the thing we remember and the thing we're scared of is the monster, the alien. Mm-hmm. Ash, the Android is a bad guy. He's pretty much the antagonist uh, apart from the alien, but, He's not the one we remember. And they in this movie, they want us to remember David. And that's a mistake. We should be going to bed, not being able to sleep, thinking about a freaking xenomorph coming and eating us rather than getting fucked not over Michael by an Fassbender. android. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Michael Fassbender coming in to try and rape you and ask you if this is how you do it. <laughs> yeah, it was very strange. He starts kissing Daniels. Yeah, what the hell. Well, this seems like as good a time as any to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of Alien Covenant. Woo! 
good. I'm straight up. That medbay scene, man, that's my good. I'm stealing it. I'm so glad I get to go first on this shit. The medbay scene is the best scene. It's so good. Like, it's amazing. Good on you, Ridley Scott, for doing that. Yeah. What's your good? Ah, uh, that's it. Mine. <laughs> it's easy. Easy. That's it. That's the best part of the movie. Like, you heard how excited I got about talking about that before. It's just disappointing that it doesn't keep up. The bad. Okay, actually, my bad is going to be the temple sequence. That's my bad. The Prometheus link was too much. That's my bad, but man, do I have a good ugly. Go on, what's yours? <laughs> I uh, Mine's along those lines. I just... I Them focusing too much on the creation theme here. This becomes more of a, a friggin' Frankenstein, you know, hammer horror movie rather than an alien horror movie. And that's just not good enough like it's it's an interesting theme but it's way too heavy like you've put too much vegemite on this one <laughs> that's my yeah, bad <laughs> way too much my ugly is going to be a scene i haven't even spoken about and it's finding elizabeth shaw dead like if you're going to put all this emphasis on prometheus don't fucking negate the main protagonist from the last one like her whole thing is she wants to go to this planet to find answers mm. and we don't even get them because She's like She's murdered, dishonored. Yeah. Like it's so gross. And even like from a writer's point of view, it's like really like you couldn't even give her a little bit. You're literally going to take the main character from the last film and just straight out have her dead. Like, mm. but still have the characters be on the planet and still have the David do his wanky shit. Like, at least give her an opportunity. I was very fucked off by that. Well, like, they that did it was... with Alien 3 with Newton Hicks, so why not do it? Yeah, exactly. Too, right? And that's what it felt like for me. It felt like I was like, really? Like, you're doing this again? Like, you're not even going to give us the satisfaction from the last one? Yeah. Wow, that's gross. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit torn, though, because I don't like her, so... Whereas I, I don't like her either, Hicks, but, so. <laughs> but at least, like, if you're going to make Prometheus 2, like, give us, a, like, try and give her a little bit of justice, a yeah, bit of redemption. Like, it, like, that's a whole other thing. Like, if she popped out, if she was the one who saved them from the alien shot mm. the flare up, that actually would have made more sense. You know what I mean? So, but anyway, that's how it went. Uh, maybe, maybe this chick isn't in good standing with Ridley Scott or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, my ugly would have to be just not focusing on Daniel's for the whole movie because I really, really like her. Like, I don't think she's Ripley, but I, I, I like her in a different way. Like, I, I find her vulnerable and I, I want her to succeed, you know what I mean? I really want to just follow her journey and for her to disappear for so long and become basically a side character and then bring her back and, and be like, oh no, she's still the main character, care about her. Like, no, it doesn't work. I'm, I'm torn now. I'm like, I've, you've just taken me on a friggin' thesis. You've talked me through the thesis <laughs> of friggin' creation. And now you want me to come back and care about this person? Like, I'm fucking done by that time, man. Like I said, I was so in it at the start. And then to lose me at the end because of that bullshit, it's fucking ugly. Ugly. Yep. All right. Let's wrap this shit up. Look, the stuff that's alien focused is pretty fucking great. And if they made an alien film, I think this film would have been I actually think this film would have been amazing. If it was an alien film, I think it would have been amazing because it's not an alien film. And that's why I can say that. This The middle section of this film ruins it for me. Like, it, it puts it into a lull. And I was talking to my roommate about it and I'm like, I'm so upset that I have to come home and talk shit about it because I genuinely, after watching the last four, was so excited to see Alien again, the first one, because the first one kicks ass. And when they get it right, they fucking nail it, but then they don't get it right. And you know what I, I nail it down to? Nothing more than Ridley Scott's ego. And that is a very, very like uneducated opinion. Like I don't have anything to justify that. But what I do know is that he made Prometheus He's a fucking shitty director to begin with. And what he did was he basically, in my opinion, cheated the entire audience. And like, I felt he, like he lied to everyone. Like, I felt like he, he took us for granted because what he did was he slapped a name on this, um, thinking that it would bring people in, which it did. And then he thought he could get away with making a sequel to a movie people generally didn't like. And I feel pretty betrayed from that. Like, I know that's a big thing to say, but I do because that's what I get. And I feel like he's really just thinking he can get away with it. 
Well, you probably can because only 20 or so people listen to this, but fuck you, dude. You're a fucking dirtbag for doing that. And I still get to hold the opinion that you can't make shit. Fuck you, man. Fucking hell. This is such a basic bitch film. 2.5. Fuck you, Ridley Scott. Fuck you, Ridley Scott. Fuck you. Suck my cock. You're so right, though. Like, he, he, he's done a Prometheus again. Like, we all went to Prometheus when it came out. Well, you didn't. I did. Got thinking, this is a prequel to Alien. I'm so damn excited. He pissed me off there. And then I sort of have been dwelling on that for the last couple of years. And then I hear about a new Alien movie. There's the Alien title on this one. We're actually going to get Xenomorphs. It's actually about the conception of the aliens i'm very excited about that but you're totally right this is <laughs> this is a prometheus movie wrapped in an alien wrapper and that's so annoying but the thing is where it is an alien movie where they actually you know go out on a limb and give us what they promised it's fucking awesome i love that medbank scene i love the whole start of this film besides that shitty prometheus prelude but the whole start of the film with the characters i love the crew it's gone back to a crew that i actually care about as opposed to the one we talked about in resurrection there's it's just a straight up horror film for most of it there's all these interesting things happening there's new neomorphs they're busting out of friggin spines now the gore's flying everywhere i'm on this like i said my heart was beating out of my chest and that never happens i never get that feeling and for them to just bring me down for a whole hour or whatever the hell it is in the middle of this movie where two androids talk about the meaning of life I, what? <laughs> you had me. You had it. Mm -hmm. you, you were there. You were giving me the movie that I hoped, I've hoped for since friggin' Alien Resurrection in 1997, and you dropped it. You dropped the ball. Ridley Scott, stop talking shit. <laughs> I just want to see an Alien movie. Will somebody get Blomkamp back in here? I want to see that guy make a friggin' Alien movie, but I'm feeling like it's probably not going to happen. I don't know. I don't know. And it makes me sad every day. So, look, I didn't hate it. I had to... Actually, I was talking to Connor before we started recording. I had to sit for a good 10 minutes before starting this recording to just ponder on this movie. Because I walked out disappointed. I have to say, I walked out, I was, I was upset. I felt, like, I felt like Prometheus again. Probably not as bad, but I felt like I'd been cheated. Which I think I still have been. But there's enough elements in here that I would probably watch it again. I'll skip through the friggin' Android stuff, but I'll watch the alien parts again because I enjoyed them. I'd like to see a little bit more about the making of this movie, so I will buy the Blu-ray. It's like so a porn. It, like, you just skip through the parts you don't like and you just that's watch right. the <laughs> sex. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh, so I give it a, an above average score of three out of five. Well, that wraps us up this week, doesn't it? It's been a. This has probably been one of my favorite episodes we've done for a while. I'm gonna be honest. Like I'm. Yeah, there was a lot to talk about, and I'm, and I'm glad we we were able to break it down like this because I Maybe. needed. I needed to. If you could, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess there's one thing. This is the end of another retrospective, Conor McDuff, and I think we yes. we kind of rated them, or well, you rated them last week. But <laughs> how would you rate the Alien movies now? We've got this one in there. I know you were kind of like one, two, three, four, yeah. five. How would you go now? I would go one, two, this one, Prometheus, three, and then four. Wow. And you would put Prometheus above that. the Alien movies? Yeah, I really didn't have a good time watching Alien 3 or Alien 4. But like at least with Prometheus and this one, I get high production value and some pretty cool scenes. Like Prometheus does that's have true. some cool scenes. So that's what I'd go. That's That would be my preference. And I think I've rated uh, a couple of those higher than I've rated others but that's my preference with that's watching anyway now. yeah yeah well it's a big journey things change you know i i haven't changed my favorite sci-fi thriller of all time is still alien it's alien so it's yeah. number one baby that is a great great movie and in fact i even want to just go watch it again now to get the bad taste of what the shit that was in this film <laughs> out, of, out of my system so i can go back and enjoy it but i guess that's always the problem as well like you got lightning in the bottle there it's always going to be hard to live up to that. I I just want something similar, <laughs> you know. It hasn't. Yeah. No other film has been similar. Like they've all been different, and I guess that's kind of a cool thing. But I really just want that first one again. And the closest that I've come to it is playing Alien Isolation, the video game, 
go play that game if you haven't played it. If you're an Alien fan, please play that game. I, I've got to pick it up. Like, I've been craving it. I only ever saw you play it, but it looks real good. Yeah, I might go it's it good. It's intense, man. Great. You can get it for like 10 bucks now. But then I would probably I would go Aliens, um, which I still think is quite an overrated movie. I think a lot of people put that above Alien, and I just think that's ridiculous. Alien 3 probably oh no no sorry this one before alien 3 alien covenant before alien 3 and then alien 3 resurrection and prometheus can just sit in the trash down the bottom because i hate that film (laughs) (laughs) but a lot of people do like it like reese reese loves prometheus he loved this film so if you like prometheus you're probably going to like this one well that's us done alien is done off we can tick that off our bucket list like yeah, what a big, a big one. I'm We've glad done... we did it. That was a good run. I um, I've We've got a more more appreciation for these films now. I've been in a real alien spot at the moment, and it's always good. I love building hype to things, and you know, even though this movie was a little bit of a disappointment, it was still fun to do. So now we're just going back to basically our fucking movie of the week sort of thing uh, for a little while. Uh, next week we've got King Arthur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you yeah. how are you feeling? Well, I love Guy Ritchie, so I'm pretty excited. I think Guy Ritchie knows what's up. I think the only film he's made that I didn't necessarily get completely behind was Man From U.N.C.L.E. I thought it was pretty messy, but... um, Yeah, we reviewed that, didn't we? I didn't mind that film. I didn't mind Man From U.N.C.L.E. It had some cool music. Yeah. I hope this one's a bit... Yeah, yeah it's just all right. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, like, I don't particularly need to see a King Arthur film, but I, I do want to see a, a Guy Ritchie King Arthur film. So if he can funk I, it up... I don't know... Like, the trailer reminds me of Man From U.N.C.L.E. and the way it's been handled, and I don't know if I'm keen for it. Like, it looks very messy. It looks very messy. So, Mm. I'm curious to see if he actually gets it or if it is as messy as it's looking. All right, well, I guess we'll find out next week. Yeah, we will. Anyway, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, SoundCloud, you know the bloody drill. Uh, We love you all. Play the music, fish. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. Fish and Connoisseur Movie does not own any rights to the film Alien Covenant, its marketing, or its soundtrack, and no infringement is intended. The track The Covenant is performed by Jed Kurzel, and the track The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly titles is performed by Ennio Morricone. <laughs>